Hi, Stu. Hey. How do you podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I've never done it before. <laughs> How do you make it go? Okay. Uh, so we're going to 3, 2, one Yep. I'm going to count down from 3, and then I'm going to snap. So here we go. 3. three. Oh, fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Learn From Gaming Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we dig into some of our favorite <laughs> games and discuss what we can learn from them and just why we like them. For those of you out there counting, this is episode 39. Thanks for counting. There's a whole backstory to that. I'm not going to get into it. God damn you, <laughs> it's Robert the, Ring. It's the 39th episode. <laughs> it is the 39th that's, episode. That's not a big story. April, well, there's there's an email about it. Um, uh, April 25th, 2019 is the date, I think. Yes, that is the date. My name is Chase Strollenberg, and I am joined by... <laughs> Stu Gritter. Stu Gritter. And I don't mean to be so overly hostile right at the start, but <laughs> Stu had me going really early on. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably going to yeah. be in the backlog in blooper somewhere. Oh, um, no, never. So, Stu, how are you? Uh, doing pretty well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Also, Robert Ring, uh, you're 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 the man. I'm just fucking with you. Um, so that's good. That's good to hear. Uh, I'm. I'm get, let's get this stuff out of the way. <laughs> so uh, for anybody who is new to this show, welcome to the show. That was probably weird. Um, what the show is actually about is it's about um, Stu and I finding games that we like and trying to find the intrinsic educational value to them. Um, we do this in a number of ways. Sometimes we talk about how a game actually teaches us how to play, but other times we also talk about how a game, um, sort of in, informs other aspects of our lives. And this can go into things like reading comprehension when you're playing RPGs as you grow up or geography. Uh, we touch on that every now and again, um, which, uh, is actually a big deal. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I learned how to use maps from, mini maps and rpgs and uh and real-time strategies uh not from any kind of boy scout stuff um another good example or driving because i was playing games long before i ever actually <laughs> drove a car yeah. um we also talk about social interactions and how how games sort of pushed us into situations like that so like um First interactions on the internet related to gaming, um, MMORPG gaming. Uh, we had a, we had a WoW episode a while ago. Um, I also talk about Eve Online every now and again, and just the weird experiences that came out of playing that. But uh, yeah, that's what we do here. So um, yeah, if that's something you're interested in, stick <laughs> around. Uh, we eventually get to the games that we like, but we usually jump into news first, and I think that's what we're gonna do. So Stu. Do you have anything that you learned this month that you wanted to bring up in terms of uh, gaming news? Um, sadly, no. I've been a little bit um, uh, still kind of away from catching up on newsy things. That's fair. So Your life uh, is interesting and strange, and we can only we'll go into it if you want. But well, uh, yeah, right now my life is a lot of different colors, but one of them is not gaming news. One of them is powerless at times. <laughs> not not because you can't afford it, but because you've made a decision. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. S yeah. Silly decisions. 
It's just moving. You know, sometimes you move. Sometimes you move and you move into a place that's not quite a place yet. And then you've no. got to wait for it to be a place. I'm sure it'll be a great place. I'm sure. I, yeah, a, yeah I, I think it will be eventually. Do you have a stove yet? <clears throat> yes, yes, we have a stove. Okay, that's good. And a fr- Finally. Uh, you've got a fridge that fridge, works, Fridge, right? yes. Yeah. yeah, okay, good. Um, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, cool, the necessities cool. are now handled. So that's it, a step. It's yeah. sad that that's... There was this long time coming step, and one of many steps. It was, uh, yeah, it was a gradual step. It yeah, was not there that was like with. the slowest step, oh, yeah. like I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you have been there for a while, and your current roommates, uh, housemates, sorry, have uh, have been there a while, a little less time than you have, but still long enough that it's weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's okay. Cool. The cats are happy. Yeah. Well, and that's cats, that's important to that's, me. That's what matters. Yeah. 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 Um. They're your kids, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, so in terms of stories, I've got a few. There's one that I, I bounced off you, and of course you wanted to talk about it. Well, naturally. Um, I'm not sure if I want to talk about that one anymore, though. Why? You know what? I mentioned it to the people who were here, Yeah. and they both were delighted. Okay, so, so here, let's see. PC Gaming actually released an article about it. Wow, see? It's an article about, yeah, no, it's a, a, a respectable news outlet. <laughs> a respectable gaming news outlet um, decided to talk about it. But uh, there is a game in Kickstarter right now. By the time anybody hears this, it will be out of Kickstarter. Yeah. But I'm sure that they're going to be more than happy to take your money. Um, there's a game right now that has been Kickstart funded. Um, I believe it's in euros. Uh, the game is called Subverse. Uh, I don't want to open up the site again because I don't really want to <laughs> look at it. Um, the game is called Subverse, and it is being sold as the um, more sexied up Mass Effect uh, that you never knew you wanted. So it's basically a hentai Mass Effect game um, where you travel through outer space and it's a little more on its nose. Like they're, they're really kind of throwing in a lot of goofy, sexy stuff, um, horny stuff, not sexy stuff. Um, and really leaning into the waifu culture of anime and, uh, uh, well gaming now, I guess. So like Um, leisure suit Larry meets mass effect. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a polite way to put it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the, the Kickstarter didn't just succeed. Um, it succeeded by, uh, okay. So a hundred percent plus another thousand percent. So 1100%. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's nuts. Uh, it got, they were trying to get, I think it was like 136 thousand euros and they got well over a million. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, when you mentioned that, I thought maybe it was like some like just out of college art students like no, moonshot yeah, to make like 10 grand in a year or something like no, that. No, they were they wow. were aiming they were aiming for uh, 136,000 uh, euros and they got over a million, well over a million. Um so hit every single stretch goal available. Um <laughs> Which I, means more waifus. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just could, I couldn't get over the relatively innocuous pun about the stretch goals. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you just gotta hit them all. Um. So yeah, weird, weird to talk about. Um. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, if it's your thing, check it out. If it's not your thing, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I have never been the type of dude to lean into uh, video games for sexy reasons. There are plenty of other <laughs> parts of the internet that help with that. Um, also, real life. I <laughs> I did that thing where I said something, yep. but also real life first. Yeah. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Uh, and not to not to discriminate about anybody who relies on the internet for said thing, um, <laughs> because I did for a long time. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah, uh, we just went to mm. a place. We just went to a place. Yeah. Um, so Stu, I have another story. Nice, good. This other story is that you can be a professional storyteller. And this shouldn't be news for you, um, because you may live with someone who has been paid to be a storyteller before. Um, but uh, you can be a professional storyteller uh, for money. There are part-time gigs right now out in the state of Washington that will pay you anywhere from 25 to $60 an hour to be a professional storyteller. Uh, for therapeutic reasons. Um, so you would actually get additional training from the people hosting it. Uh, they're based out of, uh, they're based out of, uh, I forget what town it is in Washington. Cause I don't have the story up cause I am a loser, but, um, they, yeah, it's, it's actually a therapy unit and they, they do a bunch of other actually really interesting stuff where they, uh, drive around in vans and try to make gaming accessible to everyone, including uh, people with, who are handicapped and have some disabilities, like uh, mobile disabilities. Um, but uh, yeah, it's actually a really interesting initiative. Yeah, yeah I thought we we talked about something similar about uh, a D and D group that was like they came to you kind of thing. Yes, and that's that's uh, that's where these guys probably connected are, are from. Yeah, and similarly connected. Um, and that is where this job opportunity is right now, but I would love to see this type of support continue and expand into, uh, well, you know, into the great white North, yeah. uh, Canada could use, uh, a few D and D psychologists, I think. Yeah. Um, no, that's neat. Even up here, like we're still kind of fighting and pushing to get music therapy recognized as a thing. And it's, I don't know, to me, very, very similar veins. Yeah, very similar veins. Um, so yeah, that that was a thing I stumbled on and thought was cool. Yeah. Um, and I always like reporting something like that because using gaming as a way to achieve um, a healthy self uh, is totally my jam. Yeah. So so man, that is just uh, that is just awesome. And I will actually do the work and put information in the show notes so that I don't seem like such an asshole when I don't actually have the stuff open. <laughs> but here we are. Um, so Stu, mm-hmm. you have no stories. Nope. I just ran out of stories. Oh, okay. Um, one was sexy and then one was about a hentai game. Um, so now we are going to move into what we learned from gaming. So what would you like to do? Would you like to go first or would you like to go second? Uh, I think I think I should go second today. I think you go second every day, but I'm going to let you do it. All right. Because I forgot to do the intro to this section anyway. So yep. this is the section of the show that everybody's been waiting for, where Stu and I pick a game and describe why we like it and just what we learned from it. So my game today is going to be a bit of a surprise. It's a game that is still in early development slash access on Steam, and it is called Minion Masters. It was designed by Beta Dwarf and published by Beta Dwarf, and it has been out in this sort of form, uh, 
constantly evolving though uh since uh, i believe it was december 2016 um so it's it's a few years running uh that's a while for a game to be released early development um but it's free to play so that's uh i don't know if that matters but it means that they're getting as much feedback as possible um through every single one of their builds which i would argue is pretty valuable um yep and clearly it has worked because I, I'm assuming that they are making money and sustaining themselves pretty well with microtransactions within the game. So, what type of game is this? Um, Minion Masters is a real-time strategy meets a collectible deck-building game. Um, and it's sort of interesting, but in order to get into the nitty-gritty of it, I need to explain a few things first. So the real-time strategy is that there is a clock that runs while the game is being played. Um, and it's not like a turn clock, like chess, like things are actually happening in real time. Um, and then there's also, you, you bring decks into each game. So you create a deck and you bring it into, into the game that you're going to be playing. And those decks are the cards that, uh, that you can play. So in terms of core mechanics, you collect cards and put them into a deck. And these decks, you use these decks to fight in the lightning fast rounds. Um, when I say lightning fast, I mean, I haven't had a game that was longer than six minutes. I think six is my limit and I average around three to four minute games. Hmm. Um, either against a computer opponent um, or against a real living opponent. And the matchmaking system is pretty good. It matches you based on um, the level you have achieved. So uh, it's a rank. It's a ranking system. Uh, I don't know if I would call it ELO because the more you play... Well, maybe. Maybe it's ELO. Uh, but it's like the more you play, the higher, higher rank you can get. Um, and whenever you lose, it actually does drop you down. So um, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe ELO is the right de definition. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it actually match, match makes pretty quick. Um, sorry, but here let's get, uh, let's get, it, this isn't too complicated. So I can actually break down the entire um the entire game pretty quickly. There are three types of cards in the game. There are units, buildings, and spells. Um, and uh, the only thing that you can control when you are playing is where the cards are played. So if there's a spell, you can choose where it targets and where it hits. Uh, spells can be cast anywhere on the field. Um, if you're playing a creature or a building, it can only be played in your half. So you have to decide where those go. Creatures will automatically move towards the enemy or towards the nearest uh, enemy unit. And uh, buildings will automatically attack or automatically perform whatever abilities they're, they're assigned to. Uh, this could include so like defensive structures that will fire at the nearest enemy or structures that will spawn. Um, things like uh, really, really weak archers. There's one building that produces mana for you, so that's... Uh, that's the currency you use to cast spells, and mana is produced over time. It just generates slowly over time, and that is what you use to spend, or that is what you use to bring the spells out of your hand and onto the playing field. Um, yeah. So, uh, what is necessary for this game to work well is the the pathfinding, especially for for the units that you put out. 
Um, you can put units in the middle of the board and then they will decide if they want to go left or right. Um, I don't know how arbitrary that is. I haven't done too much experimentation because I'm usually just trying to win. Um, but uh, if you put a large group, because sometimes you can summon hordes uh, down, they will split in half and one will go left and one will go right. And in order for you to understand what I mean, um, the game board has two sides. On the one side is your caster, which you actually get to choose, and they have special special abilities which can sort of augment your decks. And on the other side is your opponent. And then in the middle, there is a split between... Oh, I just hit my mic. There's a split between... <laughs> yeah, I did it. A split, <laughs> split in the board that has two bridges. And you, your units, most of them walk on the ground, unless they're flying. Um, they walk on the ground, and so they have to choose to take one of those two bridges. Um, and they're equidistant. Um, everything is, I would argue, fair and balanced and even. There's no advantage to either side. No single player goes first. Like, it all happens in real time. So what you have to do is you have to do sort of a juggling match between um, which bridge you want to take. You get more experience. Um, uh, your masters, the, the characters who are sitting in the tower at your side, actually level up. And you can unlock passive abilities uh, the longer you hold a bridge. So you will get additional experience. That's just one more sort of like sub-goal. Um, and also just sort of allows you to complete your, your primary goal, which is defeat your enemy. Um trying to think if I'm missing anything. I think that's almost everything. Oh, also, um, you're limited in the number of cards that you can take. I think it's, uh, two, three, four, five, six. I think it's like 10, 10 total. And you can only have a hand of four or five. You can always see what's coming next. Like there's one card that will be coming next. So you can always see what is about to get into your hand. Um, but uh, yeah, you're you're limited in how many how many cards you can hold, and it all it all falls out random. You can't really influence what's going to come in your hand. There are some masters that actually add additional um, cards to your hand uh, depending on their passive abilities, and there are some that will actually reduce the cost of casting spells and stuff in your hand. So that is that's interesting. So yeah. I'm just trying to think what to say next. Um, okay. Pros for this game. It's a very fast and simple game to play. Uh, it's also got simple mechanics, and I would argue that it's incredibly approachable and kind of addictive. Cons for this game is it's a loot box game, Stu. <laughs> it's, um, and that's par that's part of how they're trying to get you, is uh, you're, you're building decks, but they want you to... Yeah. Uh, they want you to spend money so that you will get as many... Uh, good cards as possible and cards are ranked from common to legendary um, so there's common I think it's common, rare supreme, legendary um, yeah and you can pay a bunch of money and get some legendary stuff right away if there's a promotion um, it's very easy to just go in and it seamlessly interacts with the steam interface you can just do it um so yeah, that's there. It's a thing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, yeah. That most of most of the stuff is aesthetic. It's very. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna say it's, it's hard to unbalance the game, but there will be some people who have a lot more cards than you do, but they will also probably be higher rank. Um, there's also a lot of ways to get in-game currency just through playing. Uh, you can also join a guild, and depending on how you contribute to stuff with the guild, uh, you can get access to cards you don't own yourself uh, that uh, the guild just sort of votes on, and that's fun. So it's like a collaborative thing. You can all just discuss what you actually want everybody to be using for the next rotation, and then everybody um, you actually get additional points while playing the game that contribute to additional bonuses for your guild if you use the cards that you've all agreed on. And that's interesting. That's a, that's a nice sort of weird... It, it, it can like You can challenge yourself with it. It's like, okay, we want to use this incredibly tough, really high-cost card that nobody ever uses just because we want to see how we can implement it, and, and then we can just actually talk about strategies to mm -hmm. use it later. Or you can be like, well, everybody uses this. We want to see this show up in every single game that everybody's playing so that we get as many points as possible. Um, so, like, um, some of the cheapest cards often show up in in uh, sort of the guild format because they know that it's an easy way to get the most points because you'll be casting those spells multiple times mm -hmm. um, in, in a game. And it's just, it's an easy way to rack up points. But... Uh, yeah, I'm having fun with it. I've built two or three different like builds. Um, and what's important to remember when you build a deck is your master like uh, deeply, deeply influences it. So one of the first masters you can access that's free right away and is actually one of my favorite is a character um, that enhances ranged units. And so um, I suggested that uh, you get experience for holding the two bridges, or also I think you get experience for killing other units and damaging your opponent. Um, each character has three abilities that you can unlock over time. So the this ranged character, he's got a bow. He can shoot a po he can shoot enemy units when they cross the bridge and get to his side. The first ability he unlocks um, once he levels up high enough is. Uh, his attacks are global, so then he can actually shoot enemies mm. on the opponent's side. The second ability he unlocks is all of his ranged units that you can summon get marksmen, which means that their range for all of their attacks increase by an increment of two, which is a pretty big deal. And then um, his third level... Oh man, I'm forgetting... His third level does something to himself. It, it, I think he just shoots faster or something. But just those three abilities by themselves um, are very easy to to use to build a range deck. Yeah, so yeah. if you have a bunch of really good range stuff, you just build a deck around that. Um, there's another character who enhances um, cards. Any, any creature that is uh, four or five cost to put out. Um, once you get to the second experience band for that character, he will send those creatures out with either a magic shield on them that allows them to damage the first the the first attack, allows them to absorb the first attack that they would get hit by, or gives them frenzy, which means that they attack faster. It increases their attack speed, and it's variable. It's like sort of chaotic. Um, one gets one, one gets the other, one gets one, one gets the other. Um, but if they're within that certain cost band all creatures in that cost band. So then when you're building that deck, 
you want to mm-hmm. have access to a decent number of cost four, cost five creatures yeah. um, that are taking advantage of that perk. Um, I'm just trying to think. There's another creature that actually summons um, a really strong demon that just shows up and fights for you. And then his second passive is everything gets frenzy, so everything attacks faster. Every melee thing attacks faster, not ranged. Uh, well, no, actually ranged can get frenzy as well, I forgot. Um, so everything just attacks faster. Mm. Um, and then his third unlock is he summons a demon again. And those demons are one shot, but it doesn't really matter. You're playing a four-minute game, so a demon that might be around for one to two minutes is still, still a big, big deal. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's there's actually a lot of variety in there right now, and I opted to just sort of pay the money to get all the masters off the bat just so I could see what they play like. There's another one that's a necromancer, and um, he adds cards to your deck that cost zero points, and so you just use them, and it's a building, it's a tombstone, and whenever something dies, as the tombstone is about to expire, um, that thing that dies, the last thing that died comes out of the tombstone regardless of its its cost so that can be really really strong or really really weak depending on what you're playing so if you're just playing like a little grunt then a little grunt comes out of the the gravestone but if you're playing a bunch of really big stuff um having a very expensive creature come out of that gravestone again saves you a lot of points considering it was zero to put it out Ooh, excuse me, I just had to burp. Um, am I convinced stuff is balanced? Still kind of on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. convinced it is. Um, but that may be intentional to try and get you to, to buy stuff. Yeah, that it that's it's also really hard when you have like individual cards that maybe abilities maybe creatures maybe buildings whatever uh, and then you also have your leader dude who's going to change the way those operate that's yeah. it's it that increases you know the the, the magnitude of, of balancing like the difficulty of that yeah. so yeah yeah that yeah, that'll always be, be tricky that'll, yeah and at least they can tool it, right? Because it's a computer game, it's not like a, a card game. Yeah, actually... there's not going to be books of errata. But also they will probably want to maintain a little bit of imbalance because then people oh, will no. be throwing money to try and get stuff. Everybody wants to buy the golem and use the golem um, and then we nerf it. And then everybody wants to buy the, the fire golem. <laughs> oh, everybody it. got... And then we nerf it. And then everybody wants to buy the stone golem. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. I've, I haven't seen anything <laughs> that insidious yet. Some people in chat occasionally complain, but I mean... It, that'll I've, always be the case. Yeah, um, I haven't gotten to uh, high-end play. I'm not sure if I will ever get there. Um, not with that attitude. But, <laughs> wow. Get your shit together, Chase. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, I'm, I'm just having fun. There mm-hmm. there hasn't been a deck that, that beat me so bad that I was just like, wow. Oh, okay, that's interesting, too. Because um, that that would, I imagine, be actually difficult to achieve. Yeah, it's in a game. It is. I think. I think in a game like like this, it is hard. Um, just because everybody has access to the same. I'm not going to say the same resources. You don't have. You don't all have access to these masters. But once you get to a certain level of play, you do. Like you can use the in-game resources to unlock a bunch of this stuff. Um, without actually ever spending money. Yeah. 
plus uh there's a free rotation so every every week um the free yeah. the free uh heroes shift the three master the the free masters and there happen to be three of them so i'm i'm using both versions of free here mm-hmm. um it it shifts around from from character to character so that's fun um also there's the option to just buy cards once you have enough of a certain currency in game so um you can when you're building your deck you can go in and actually look at every single card that's available in the game. And if you have a certain resource that is not just available by, by spending money, you actually have to play the game. So there's rubies, which you can buy with, with actual dollars. Then there's shards, which you get through play. And then there's gold, which you get through play. And the gold is an easy way. You can just use that in the store for all kinds of other stuff. But shards are what you use to actually buy cards directly. Like, so single cards that you want Mm -hmm. the most expensive being up to a thousand shards and some games you can you'll get like 10 maybe 20 shards as a reward after a couple of rounds um but that can add up over time and so that's one way to like custom make a deck and get what you want yeah and everything else in the game is really just aesthetic uh, you can change the look of your heroes. You can change the look of your side of the battlefield. Oh, um, nice. Uh, yeah, and what's really important to understand is when you put a unit down, you can't influence where it goes after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is not your standard real-time strategy. Once you put something down, you have no control of it after. Yeah. Um, the only control you have is putting something else down next. So in a lot of ways, it is kind of like chess because you need to think about your next move, um, but you also have to try and anticipate what your enemy has. Yeah. And you have to try and think of how to counter it. Um, and this can this can be really important uh, because there are different types of units. So there are flying units. If you take if you take an entire army that is just ground units and doesn't have any range, that stuff's flying over you or it's actually picking you apart and then moving on to your base. And you can't engage it. Like, ground units cannot attack air units directly um, unless they have a ranged element to them. Other air units can attack air units. Um, so you have to think about that when you're when you're doing composition. Um I think that might be it. In terms of what I learned from the game, learned I like RTSs with a new spin. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, then I'm still a sucker for uh, for loot box games, but uh, I, that was never a surprise. I've always been a sucker for gacha <laughs> games. So yeah. Um. Yeah, and I I, I actually I do I do enjoy the uh, the thinking ahead thing like you're looking at your hand you're looking at what you want to put down next you're thinking about what's in the queue what's going to come down the line and you're also trying to anticipate what your opponent has or if you're me you can just not care about what your opponent has and just throw enough stuff to try and make you overwhelm yeah um which has bitten me in the ass once or twice uh this is one of those games where having a well-rounded uh deck pays off yeah yeah because you can't, I mean, unless you're trying to do a minion swarm, which is something I have done. Um, actually, no. The minion swarm can work if you do it properly, but if somebody builds against it, um, even just like a, a couple of cards, like one or two cards put can in. Can stop it, yeah. Can really, really shift that focus. Yeah. 
um, and and just ruin you, just just ruin your attempts. So that that's something to think about. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I have anything else to say about it. Um, it's a great game. I don't know too many people playing it. It's an early access, but it's uh, it's available on Steam, and I would recommend it to anybody because it's free. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so you mentioned games like average three minutes. How many, how many cards do you play in a game? Um, okay. So your, your deck doesn't actually run out. Um, yeah, you will probably play every card in your deck, but, um, it, okay. what happens is after you've used a card, it just recycles. It goes back into the queue yeah. and then it, it stays in the queue in that order. So your deck is initially like shuffled randomly but then every time the, your card's going to come up you know the order it's going to come up yeah. so if you have a good memory you have a good idea of what's coming down the line hmm. um and you can just keep casting the same spells over and over again because those are the only spells you have access to yeah. so yeah um i'm not sure what the time interval for gaining a dot so like one point of mana is um but it can't be much i don't think it's more than it's probably about five to ten seconds Okay. And there are cards and things in game that allow you to increase that process. Um, I, and I mean, I use them. I use, there's this creature that you can take that will go and hold the bridge. It'll just sit on the bridge. It doesn't attack or do anything. It just sits there and dances. It's like a little fairy. Yeah. And uh, you just get extra, extra mana. Nice. Um, yeah. And if somebody doesn't deal with that, then you very quickly outpace them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. and um it it was a nice little deal for the masters like i i mean i don't know how long i'm going to play this game but whenever i go back to it as long as the servers are up and if they ever make any new masters i get them for free yeah because i paid in now um i'm not sure how long that promotion is going to be there but uh as an individual who also spent that on smite and i have access to every single god ever yeah <laughs> it's uh it's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet deal. The longer the game's around, so yep. I guess we'll see. We'll see if I'm still playing it in X years. Yep. I think that you have definitely gotten your money's worth out of Smite oh. for paying for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that still um, available, or is the price gone up for Smite? Uh, the All Gods pack. Uh, yeah, I think they they might have bumped it from like twenty to thirty bucks still pretty good e oh it's either that or the, it, that was only well it was in beta and that might not be there it might not be available anymore i'm, mm. I'm actually not sure smite was in beta for like eight years like yeah well i feel like that's <laughs> where this game's gonna sit too right yeah. it's already 2019 yeah. so it's been there for three um and well almost three so it looks like forest was their previous game so yep and, and it's still going. And Force was Force was actually really cool. They did some really really neat stuff. Um, that's actually a unique four player game, like co op game. That um, shoot, we should have done an episode on that. <laughs> well, we've got time, <laughs> and there will be other episodes. So yeah, but uh, um, yeah. So I I wouldn't expect the servers to just disappear tomorrow. Okay. Is well, what I'm getting yeah, at. I I noticed that they had other stuff. I had the option to uh to buy in and just get all of their all of their games yeah. now. Um but having no engagement with Forced, I wasn't sure. Um yeah. but I think it's in the same setting. 
I'm not 100% sure, but oh, okay. I think it might be in the same Same, like, uh, universe, same, same world, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, only this one's a little more on the nose. Sort of, like, thumb and finger, finger sort of, ha-ha, uh, joke. The, uh, the narrator's, the narrator's fun. Um, mm, mm-hmm. But I expect they might get annoying over time, so whatever. Fair enough. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's me. That's me, man. Uh, any other questions before we shift over to you? Um, was there was there anything specifically that you learned from this game that you think you could not have learned from another? Who I do like that question. Um, I don't think I've ever played another game quite like. I think maybe Majesty and Majesty Two were the closest oh, I've ever come to anything like that's this. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but. It is a very interesting and unique mechanic to have a real-time strategy game where you can't, you can't micromanage anything. Yeah, um, you just put it down and then it happens. So mm. you have limited control, and it feels like agency, but it's not. <laughs> um, and it's almost like fooling yourself into believing that you're a tactical genius. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas what you really are is you're just really good at putting pieces down on a board. Um, and there is definitely skill in that, but uh, I would say no. Everything that is in this game I have encountered somewhere else, but it is the right mix of a bunch of different okay. things yeah. all all put in together. That it is just, it's hitting what I, what I want to hit, right? Like it's something that I enjoy. So um, yeah, I'm digging it. Nice. Yeah, I might actually. I'm gonna try and take a look at it. I'm gonna have to. You just there's you a, sold me. You sold there's me. a lot of good games out there, man. I understand if you don't. I mean, we live in a glorious it's, era. It's pretty. It's pretty <laughs> saturated. Yeah. 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 Um, there are many things fighting for your time. Yeah. So uh, I don't blame you if you skip a game or two. It's just one of those, especially because the games are so quick. I'm like, if I have a half hour, I could check it out. Yeah, yeah. I feel, you I feel like that's a thing that could happen. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, wank. All right. Thank you, Kitten. <sighs> um. Yeah. Good. Okay. Great. Yeah. Distracted by cats. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. the game that I'm going to talk about today. I really hope it's what I think you're going to talk about. It's not. Oh man, I wanted it to be the thing you wanted. I wanted. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about. <laughs> Well, then, no, I'm I'm going to talk about Stalker. Yeah, that's totally Risk of Rain too. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost the exact same. Yeah, if, for anybody who's playing the, the uh, Risk of Rain True, th- True, Risk of Rain Two, it is exactly like Stalker. So if you enjoy it, go back and play Stalker. But actually, Stalker was put out in 2007. Uh, there were three main games in the Stalker. Um, I don't want to call it a trilogy. It's not quite right. Um, universe, whatever. And they were set out like they were published year after year after year. Um, 2007, 2008, 2009. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm going to kind of talk about them a little bit together because they're fairly similar. Uh, they each tried to do slightly different things. And frankly, a lot of it blurs together. Um, because I haven't recently played through any individual one. They're also all very mod-friendly, which makes it all even blurrier. Um, But 
I'm going to talk about Stalker. So, Stalker is a first-person shooter, and it's kind of like a survival-y game. The, it's set around Chernobyl, and the premise is that the like weird shit's been going on in the area. Um, uh, mutants have been showing up, and there are these weird things called anomalies that are like dangerous, almost like sort of supernatural, but naturally occurring, very intense, tiny disasters, like little, almost like little mini black holes or like super fiery things or crazy lightning things in a very small area. Um, and they're hard to see and they move around. So it's made this whole area around Chernobyl a very, very dangerous place to be. It's been cordoned off by the military and blah, 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 blah. But around these anomalies, there are these rare artifacts spawning. And these artifacts uh, bestow really unusual benefits to whoever's kind of using these artifacts. Um, they might help your blood clot more. They might make you run faster. They might, you know, make you feel more energetic. They might... Um, uh, they give you all kinds of in-game benefits like defensive up, uh, upgrades, defensive boosts, I guess. Uh, so the premise is that there are a lot of people in the world, private collectors and um, like pharmaceutical companies, paying out the ass for these artifacts because it's all in this big um, cordoned off zone that no one's supposed to be able to get to. So the term stalker is actually an acronym for a bunch of words that um, imply that you're, you're kind of these rogue illegal people running in there and getting past the borders that the Russian military is operating and just trying to make your way through this world, um, get a bunch of money, presumably. There are, like, there is a, an overarching storyline that kind of revolves around how everything actually got started uh, because it, is, it isn't just... Ooh, nuclear meltdown happened, and then weird things went radioactive. There, there's a little bit more to it than that. So there's a big storyline that you can go through, but it really is fundamentally, I think, best as that kind of survival game where there are a bunch of different factions in these areas. There are bandits. There are, uh, I think there's one's called duty, one's called freedom, and they're they're very ideologically opposed so if you want, you can kind of align with some of them or align with none of them uh, just in order to gain access to resources they might have or you can kill them all and take all their things because, you know, first-person shooter. And it's just, it's this wonderful environment. It's a really interesting world to kind of go through. Uh, and the, I think one of the things that really made it pop was the, oh, I forget what they called it. They called it like, a life, like artificial life or something like that. And there's a, a pretty good balance between the naturally occurring so-called wildlife that's kind of sort of mutating and the different factions in the world. So the military, the bandits, duty, freedom, the other stalkers, uh, and they, they rotate through different chunks of different maps and actually fight over different territories and the interactions between them, it just makes, like, you might go through an area, kind of half loot it, 
uh, leave, go to another uh, section of the map, and when you come back, a different faction might have actually moved in. Or, like, sometimes they'll do that while you're watching. You can see uh, an encampment be attacked by another faction. And sometimes they defend it, and sometimes they get steamrolled, and the new faction sets up camp. And it it's, it's just makes the world feel very much alive more mm. so than you'll get from most games like that. Yeah, I don't I don't think that No, the new Fallouts don't do a good job of that at least not yet. <clears throat> uh definitely not that I've seen. Um I'm I'm actually I don't know I'm surprised there aren't mm, there aren't really many games that offer that kind of thing. Uh, part of that I think is the there's this big drive to make power players feel empowered all the time so uh, and there's there's also this tendency for developers to not want to hide any of their work like they want a, <laughs> well, they want a player on their first run through to experience 90% of the game right that's why we, oh, that's, that's why we yeah. see so few uh, different things like like look at Detroit where they have so many branching paths, you could see parts of the game and not see parts of the game. But when you actually go through it, no matter what choices you make, you do see uh, like a majority of what they've created. Yeah, and that's I mean that's just how it is. People can't make companies can't afford to make 3 games and put that much content into one game and then say, "Well, yeah. whatever, do what you want." Which is too bad. Um yeah, the artificial intelligence side of it that deals with all that is really great. So, uh, it's it's a, a pretty harsh game. It's a little bit hard to go into now. The The interface <laughs> doesn't stand up. The graphics don't really stand up. Um, yeah, like there's a lot of jank to it. It was published by um, Deep Silver in Europe. Deep Silver? Yeah, really? yeah. Uh, it was THQ in North America, but Deep Silver in Europe. And okay, oh, it was yeah developed by GSC Game World, and it's just janky, super janky. So it's a little bit hard to go through, but the the difficulty of it, along with the really truly excellent atmosphere that they set, it really does make it feel like a very dangerous survivally horror-y kind of thing. Um, like ammunition is relatively hard to come by. Uh, you can save up, you can make a bunch of money and then buy a ton of ammunition, but you have to carry that. Sometimes your guns jam, you have to repair them. You got to keep them maintained. They jam more. It's like, there are a lot of obstacles to being or feeling safe. Even the armor that you wear, if you wear stuff that's really great at stopping bullets, it's got a bunch of metal plates on it then anything any of the anomalies that like arc out lightning are incredibly dangerous uh you can get stuff that like you can wear a hazard suit something that will protect you from you know poisons and weird anomalous stuff but hazard suits aren't well known for stopping bullets very well so you, there's always kind of there's always going to be some kind of kryptonite uh to your preferred play style so you never well and truly feel safe. Uh, so that, that tension is always there. It's really interesting. 
Um, a lot of the, there have been a bunch of mods made for it. Uh, <laughs> the the one that stands out in my mind is actually called Misery, uh, because you know why wouldn't it be? And they just they they tweak a lot of the the mechanics. Did they and some break of the your things. legs with a sledgehammer? Oh, they definitely thought about it. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> okay. like when you download the mod, they they get your IP and they send somebody out. But it's just I don't know. Modders have actually done quite a lot of work to make things um, a little bit more smooth. Mm-hmm. Try and even out the game world, uh, and some mods have even done a lot to uh, balance out the different areas and kind of freshen up the randomization a little bit more, so that you can kind of play perpetually and kind of keep exploring these um, slightly different zones all the time and always have to worry about where anomalies are and what groups are in the area and. Yeah, just kind of play eternally as somebody who wants to just make a ton of money and just enjoy the game and the world that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the gist of it. The um, oh, yeah, I I wanted to to, holy cat. Um, right? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Cat sit, sitting, need help? sitting on my head and shoulders, and I w- hope she's purring into the mic a little bit. Um, cool, 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 cool. The uh, yeah, I wanted to bring it up because the the world creation in it was fantastic, and it, I thought of it mostly because of talking about System Shock Two. The right, so last time. yeah, the yep. the little bits of difficulty uh, of System Shock Two really. Stalker's, like, really in-your-face, unapologetically, like, Dark Souls kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, like, playing on the hardest difficulty. If you get shot in the face once, you're dead, because that's what happens when you get shot in the face. Oh, yeah, and there are, a lot, there are a lot of people with guns, so that's a thing that can happen. Uh, so it... It does this... It kind of makes you approach everything in a really unusual way. Uh there's not really a lot in terms of helpful interface or tool tips or you know previously done maps or anything like that so when you go into an area if you're exploring at night uh it's it's actually night if mm. if the clouds are covering the moon you can't see packs of rabid dogs they you probably won't hear them coming up to you to eat your face if you do see a campfire and you see people huddled around it you don't know if they're friendly or not you don't know what faction they're from you don't know what they'll think about you you like you have to approach every single situation with extreme caution when you're going through some of the underground areas you don't know if there are mutants around every corner you don't know if there are anomalies around any corner it's just constant extreme danger around every corner uh, and it just, yeah, it just forces you to s- kind of, it almost doesn't feel like an FPS in the same way that System Shock 2 doesn't quite feel like an FPS. Like there's a very, very notable lack of empowerment in this game. Right. Hmm. That's, hmm. Yeah. 
you don't see a lot of games like that anymore. I I I think maybe uh, what is it Sekiro? Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people were complaining about that. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, game. but which is but great. By I way. would <laughs> I would argue I would argue that when you get particularly proficient at that game, you feel empowered. Um, whereas I don't think that you should ever feel secure in Stalker. Um, either that or the point, either that or the point is you learn to approach every situation cautiously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's like at the best of times in Stalker, you only kind of like can get the jump on somebody there. It's, it's really <laughs> rare that you, you're ever like, I have the upper hand here. I'm confident in this. Uh, it's it was, just, yeah. I was, I was going to ask if it had multiplayer elements. Uh, it didn't. Okay. It well, didn't, that sadly. is okay. That is, no, that's okay. I think, I'm trying, it's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if, I don't know offhand if any modders actually managed to get it in. Uh, it's something that they had considered uh, because the world generation is actually done almost like a client server setup. Mm-hmm. So, I, presumably somebody could have modded co-op into it yeah it's a possibility if people are curious um it could very well be a thing and that would make it kind of interesting too mm-hmm. um yeah definitely yeah. not the point no though. no it's yeah it's it's stalker not stalkers yeah but um yeah yeah it's neat the the atmosphere uh still to me is one of the one of the most impressive i've seen i don't know there's something about that environment and the tone that they set they just they made a lot of really good decisions about it 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 feels everything always feels dangerous the characters you run into that you can talk to like everything feels kind of like end of the worldy like on the brink of chaos it's just it's neat they did a good job with everything <laughs> good when good. when the game isn't actually exploding from technical problems right uh yeah that yeah <laughs> yeah the jank yeah yeah it's very much um, there cool 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 mm-hmm. cool um, there's a little bit of room for stuff like playstyle. Uh, there are there's a vast array of like fairly realistic weapons to choose from. Uh, you can pay people and find equipment to help modify your guns uh, to a degree that really shatters a lot of that realism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, um, uh, just to you know tighten up accuracy or recoil or change your mag size, alter your scopes, that kind of thing. Just to give, right. so you can just to kind of help you find your playstyle a little bit more too. Okay. Um, what about things like locked chests and mini games for like unlocking stuff? Is that in there or is it different? Uh, it's, it is a. There aren't ever any locked chests. There are boxes and crates that you can smash open, but 
that that's the other like super cool scavenging aspect of it is that if there's something like there are places where stuff will be hidden behind a stove or underneath some floorboards you just you have to get an angle on it you have to crouch down and lean over and like strafe and wiggle a little bit to actually get the item like it's not push e on the stove to search it you have to like physically make the camera move and look behind the stove and if there's something there it will be there and be visible Mm -hmm. like there are no there i think there's like you as a player have like a safe chest that you can deposit stuff into like a locker and that's it other than that there's no there's not a ton of searching of boxes i don't think there are some chests sorry yeah so there are some chests there is some scavenging and like looking around for actual things that are literally hidden um and same with bodies when you when you uh kill any bandits or guards or whoever you can take their things usually like ammo and bandages which they should have used but didn't and now they're dead (laughs) that's fair okay (laughs) i'll remember that next time i'm you know (laughs) getting shot oh i should put this on my wound now Mm -hmm. um okay i'm just trying to think um yeah, actually, no, I, I can't think of anything else just off the top of my head right now. Um, oh, fast travel. Uh, what's travel like? Is it always on foot? Yep. You want to want to go somewhere, you run somewhere. Um, gotcha. That's, that's, uh, well, that's important because of their whole A-Live system. So when you yep. go through an area yep. that at one point like was friendly, it might not be anymore. Yep, So that makes sense. Every checkpoint can change. You never really know. Ooh. Day yeah. day or night might be might be very different. But that makes it fun. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay, uh, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Also, because you have a weight limit, you can kind of overextend and end up with too much loot. And you can sometimes try to hide it somewhere and it it again the A life takes over and it's like you don't know if that gun or that ammo or those med kits that you stash somewhere, they might not be there when you get back. Somebody else, like just like you, might have stumbled upon it and thought jackpot and s- s- just taken everything. I actually like that. I like the variability of that. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it play out when AI finds gear? Um, they take it. They'll use it good so as it should be yeah no that makes sense like if 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 somebody like runs out of ammo with one of their guns but their friend is dead and has a different gun they'll just drop it drop one pick up the other one okay like well that's good like i mean that that represents the the ai performing in the same way that you would right yeah um you don't see that a lot no not anymore anyway no the the frustrating part to most people is that usually when you kill somebody, they happen to have been on their last three bullets, but you wouldn't know from the way they were spraying and praying, <laughs> which is kind kind of frustrating. That is funny. That is actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um, what you learn is when a person is in a life or death situation, they stop caring about how much ammo they have. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that when you don't have much ammo and you're in your life or death situation in the game, you still have to care how much ammo you have. But that's that's why you're the hero, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You spend on this one? I, I think so. Um... <laughs> Okay. Quick pencil, is... quick well, checklist. Yeah, I think so. Okay, no, that's fine. Uh, that's a good job. Um, I've never played a stalker game. Probably never going to play a stalker game. Yeah. But uh, if they threw some stalker elements in a contemporary game, a contemporary open world game, um, I would be interested in it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they haven't, but it does. I don't think that they have recently. Um you would probably play that game too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it, the Stalker series is like 10 years old now. I haven't really found anything that quite compares to it. Right. And are you expecting THQ Nordic to release mm, a new Stalker anytime soon? No. Reliably release a decent Stalker anytime soon? They said that they were working, somebody said that they were working on Stalker 2 like four well, or five probably years deep ago. Silver. But, yeah. but then they turned it into a slightly different game. And then made it like a multiplayer, almost like Counter Strike, but with the flavor of Stalker. Uh, is the impression I got. Like it's just, it's, it was just bad. Well, yeah, Super and that creepy. might just be that might just be like the the AAA um, influence, right? Yeah. Um, Stalker Battle Royale coming up. Yeah, that was well. That was like that was several years ago. Um, yeah, shit, I don't know. Well, you know what, we'll see. Maybe, like, Deep Silver is still around, I think. Oh, development of a new Stalker 2 is announced May 15, 2018. Ah, uh, that was last year. Um, Who's doing displays it? Displays the text, Stalker 2, 2021, implying a planned release year of 2021. <laughs> okay. Who's developing it? Um... Uh, post on the Cossacks 3 Facebook page. So who um, made Cossacks? Is that Jesse again? No. I don't know. Okay. Oh, it's no, fine. it was Still. Jesse. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Same <laughs> company. Say, it's okay. Yep. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, let's see what they come up with. Um, uh, it was also, the world was slightly inspired by the 1979 film of the same name which was actually kind of interesting to see. It's Russian. So if you don't know Russian, put the subtitles on. Or just don't watch it. End of trivia. Okay, go ahead, Chase. Okay. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow. Okay. Um, well, I mean, the next section is our favorite section, mm -hmm. and it is a section that has remained empty for a little while, mm -hmm. uh, but it is what, what uh, can we learn from you, the audience, and today, unfortunately, um, it's not as much as maybe it could be. But that's not a big deal. No. Is it, Stu? I don't think so. That's okay. Um, yeah, it's okay. It is okay. Um, so then we're going to shift right into our next section, which is what have we been playing lately. So, Stu, I've got a pretty similar list to last time that we talked, but oh, okay. I've got a few new additions. So I will let you go first unless you want me to go first. Why don't you go first? I just talked for 20 minutes about Stalker. That's fair. So <laughs> I've got Langrisser I'm, I'm sorry, uh, for mobile device. Sorry, what? Langrisser. Okay. 
Langrizzer. Um, okay, like, again, I haven't done all of my homework on this. I can, this was, a like, an early, early era strategy, like, J, J-Strat game. And I'm pretty sure it must have hit the Genesis or, um, I don't even know. I don't even know where the, the, the iterations of this game showed up. Maybe, maybe the Famicom, but most of them never came stateside, um, or at least not in that name, um, and that's the name of the sword, but it's it's really just a turn-based strat game where you can influence a few things and shuffle your troops around and uh, your main characters get special abilities as they level up. But I explained this last time of what I want to say is I'm still playing it. Um, I'm also playing a game on the Switch called Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, Everybody, spelled every, and then B-U-D-D-Y. <laughs> Um, and it is a mystery dungeon game. Nice. If you're not familiar with them, it plays a lot like, uh, I mean, to be fair, uh, Chocobo mystery dungeon was like the, the mystery dungeon game, but it plays a lot like for anybody who needs a contemporary example, um, Crypt of the Necrodancer. So every time you move, the creatures in the dungeon move too, um, uh, only in this version you don't have to move to the beat um, but it's uh, yeah it's a thing it's square softy as hell um, <laughs> it's doing all the it's doing all the goofy little uh, cheesy things that like I'm not even sure if this is a remake or not like it's a, it's a contemporary release on the switch but it could be a remake of um, another version of the game Um but it just has like all that goofy sort of childish squaresoft charm of like a 90s JRPG from Squaresoft because it like the the protagonist is a chocobo um and like the the main catch of the game is that nobody in town can remember anything and you need to jump into their minds to to basically reset them and assist their memories um, and I don't know, like, uh, sometimes I wonder, is this where Kingdom Hearts came from? Like, <laughs> what, what? but it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's goofy. It's got some colorful characters. Uh, the mechanics are really easy. You just move around a dungeon and fight. Um, it's little, you can, it's literally one of those sort of press a situations or you can open a menu and then use a skill. Um, in a lot of ways, it feels closer to Secret of Mana. Uh, not that a lot of people will have played that, but um, it's it's not exactly a real time um, action kind of combat. Uh, it it again, it depends on movement. So like when when you move, they move, um, and that includes when you attack, they attack, sort of thing. Um, there's a buddy system in the game and I somehow broke it because the last time I loaded up my save, my buddy wasn't moving and I don't know why. So it's just like an AR or AI controlled, um, character that also follows you around and performs tasks similar to you. When you move, they move. Um, and when you attack, they attack, uh, only my buddy doesn't move anymore. So I'm worried about him. I might have to get rid of that buddy and bring in a new buddy and see if that buddy moves. And if that buddy doesn't move, then maybe the second controller's on and I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There's supposed to be two-player ability, but I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, playing uh, Chocobo Dungeon, playing some more Monster Hunter World, but we've talked about that before. Playing Minion uh, Master, which I forgot to take out of here because I ended up talking about it. Um, but yeah, I'm playing that, and I played a few rounds of Risk of Rain 2, and I gotta, I gotta be honest, I am bad at that game. I even turned the difficulty all the way down, and I still only got to the second world. Um, no, I got to the third world, and I got trounced so bad. I forgot, I got, um, I got, like, um, I got a bunch of buffs that healed me, and then regened me, and then I got butterfly wings, and then... Uh, then I got Raffle stomped by, like, the dude after I opened up the portal in the third. Just got ruined. That sounds about Not right. Not that anybody understands that if you haven't played Risk of Rain 2. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- no, that's what I got. It does sound about right. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 is really the only different thing on my list from... It's really all I've sunk much time into... Um, Deep Rock Galactic, sorry, played like an hour of that or something. Uh, n- more patches, more content coming through that game. Um, still a big fan of the the co-op design in that. It's it's great. Um, Risk of Rain 2, enjoying it so far. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, there's a lot more content to come. <laughs> I watched, um... Yeah. I watched you and Joel playing it. I kept trying to jump into your game, not realizing that you have to be in oh, a menu from in order the for start, me to join. Yeah. And so then what it will let me do is it'll let me just try to join you. And then I watched you and him. Initially, he was playing what looked like uh, the Commando, but then you both went um, Archer. Uh, okay. And uh, you got farther than I've ever been, that's for sure. And you were doing all kinds of crazy shit. Like, both of you had, like, some really, really cool upgrades and were doing all kinds of crazy shit, so that was fun to watch. Nice. Yeah, it's... um, it And it is fun to watch because the, the anxiety of that game <laughs> dials up as the difficulty gets harder. Yeah. Uh, it, it's It's impressive how much of the feeling of the first risk of rain they managed to get into this one like and jumping from 2d to 3d is kind of a big difference but they captured a lot of the feel it's really good um like the feel of the mechanics the feeling of the world even just the like the the individual monsters yeah it was impressive it's neat and it's still fun. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Still very much mm-hmm. like um, roguelike in that sense of you're kind of beholden to whatever items you find. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very much so. But uh, like, there's there is an element of skill. Like you can get by with less if you're better at the game. But uh, yeah, the the slowly ramping difficulty means if you don't get those items, yeah, you get shit kicked. At at yeah. some point, something's one shot you. And that's how it is. Well, and that is how it is <laughs> for that game. That's what you do. Yep. That's how how you do. Yeah. Um, cool. Anything else, or is that it? I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well then, Stu, we have come to it. Um, so uh, I'm gonna say thank you for your time. Uh, and for listening, audience, mm-hmm. and I hope that you enjoyed yourselves. Stu, do you have anything you want to plug before we leave off this week? Um, 
nothing jumps to mind at all. Okay. Period. Yep. Sorry. Okay, nothing. cool, cool. Um, yeah, I don't have anything spectacular to plug myself, so I'm just going to say thank you, Dimitri, for our music. Thank you, Joe, for our art, uh, Joe Gali. And if you want to know more about Learn From Gaming Podcast, we're on social media. Uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. You can message me and, uh, uh, yeah, because it's going to be me who receives it <laughs> and ask me anything. Or message Stu if you know him personally and just shoot the shit with him. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going on. We're going to have a nice special episode coming up next Ooh. time, episode 40. Not going to spoil too much about what it is, but if you've gonna, been around for a while, you, you probably know. You might have an idea. Yeah. Um, you might be right. And, uh Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, just keep tuning in. We will keep making episodes. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Cool. I'm going to do the three, two, one, and then which, uh, um, I don't know. What should I do today? Um, something that peaks. Okay. Yep. I'm going to do something that peaks. Okay. So we're going to do the three, two, one, and then the thing that peaks. You just peaked for yourself. You're gonna, oh, fuck. You're doing it again. I hope you're not recording. You're an idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> I hope you're not recording. Oh my god! I just deleted okay. it. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, you deleted it. I'm sure. Yeah, I did. I started. Oh, okay. I started a whole new file. I'm sure you did. I did. Okay. Okay. You let me know when you're ready. I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm waiting. Oh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting Chase. for you. I'm waiting for you. Okay. <laughs> no, so I'm waiting for you. I'm starting now. Okay. Okay. I'm waiting. You, this, do you have a chronic <laughs> disorder where you have to say the last word every time? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to set the mood. Oh my god. Well, we're there. We're there. We're already there. Okay, so I'm going to do it now. All right. Motherfucker. (laughs) That peaked. That peaked. Um, Okay, so... uh, You ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one...